This free program is paid for by the listener members of KPFK. If you're not already a member, consider joining with us and keep free speech alive. You're going to love this. Just love it. in the middle with you once again yes indeed this is kpfk's broadcast i am brad friedman your friendly citizen investigative blogger journalist troublemaker muckraker and all around swell fellow says me uh fighting the good fight here live with you this afternoon on the broadcast uh, oh from bradblog.com forgot to mention that we're live on KPFK, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, and 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, and of course, as always, coast to coast and around the globe on KPFK.org. I want to get uh, straight to my guest because I've got a very special guest, a big interview this afternoon. Uh, because I've only got a limited amount of time with him, and uh, I have, uh, needless to say, after ten years of writing about this fella, I've got quite a few questions I'd like to uh, discuss with him. We'll be taking your calls on this interview a little bit later at 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-5735 if you want to write it down for a little bit later. You can also tweet me on the Twitters at... The Brad Blog. Let me get straight to my interview, my live interview here this afternoon with Jack Abramoff. Yes, you heard me right. Jack Abramoff is the notorious former Republican Uber lobbyist whose corruption scandal involving bribery, influence peddling, and Indian gaming, Indian tribal gaming rocked both the U.S. Congress and the Bush administration over the previous decade. Abramoff pled in uh, pled guilty in 2006 to charges of conspiracy, fraud, and tax evasion before serving 43 months in the minimum security federal correctional facility in Cumberland, Maryland, where he was said to have cooperated with federal prosecutors investigating the massive lobbying corruption scandal involving hundreds of millions of dollars and an untold number of highly placed officials, both in Congress and the White House. The probe eventually netted convictions or plea deals with 20 others, including Bush administration officials Stephen Griles and David Safavian, Republican U.S. Congressman from Ohio Bob Ney, and other lobbyists and congressional aides as well. Abramoff was released from prison in late 2010 to serve time in a halfway house where he went to work for 40 hours a week at a kosher pizzeria in Baltimore earning just about minimum wage there. He also worked uh, to pay off, he's also currently working to pay off some $44 million in court-ordered restitution to as many victims, including the several Indian tribes who were victims of his double-dealing lobbying efforts where the gambling and casino interests of 
of tribes were often played off against each other. His infamous lobbying and related scandals and its investigations were the subject of two films in 2010, a documentary called Casino Jack and the United States of Money, and the feature film Casino Jack, which starred Kevin Spacey as Jack Abramoff. Since being released from jail, Abramoff has become a lobbyist of a different sort, working as an advocate of lobbying reform in hopes of making the corrupting influence of what he did for so many years impossible. He's become a blogger at RepublicReport.org, the blog of public interest group United Republic, whose mission is to get money out of politics. Sounds like a good idea to me. And he is also the author of the book Capital Punishment, The Hard Truth About Washington Corruption from America's Most Notorious Lobbyist. Jack Abramoff, sir, welcome to the broadcast on KPFK. It's great to finally be able to speak with you in person for the first time. Thanks for having me, Brad. Uh, and I know you're, you're fighting with the cell phone, you're fighting in traffic out there, so I appreciate uh, speaking up as loudly as you can into that cell phone as you drive, and please drive carefully. Uh, I've, uh, I've written extensively about you, Jack, uh, in one context or another at bradblog.com for nearly a decade now, mostly as your corruption scandal was coming to light and as accountability was being sought by federal prosecutors for you and many of the other public officials who were uh, conspirators in one way or another in your crimes. Now, I'm a believer in redemption. I uh, tend to look forward, at least after someone has served their time, fulfilled their their, uh, debt to society, Jack. And so I was, in truth, I was originally drawn to chatting with you once I saw that you had emerged as a reform advocate and a lobbying foe. Uh, and especially as a blogger over at United Republic with, uh, right along there, alongside with my colleague, uh, Lee Fong, who had formerly been at Think Progress. But I gotta tell you, Jack, once I let folks know I'd be inter- uh, interviewing you today and I asked them what they wanted me to ask you about, I was surprised to see just how vitriolic, uh, people still are out there towards you and how many people are dubious about your, uh, claims at reform. So, listen, I wanna talk I'm, I'm quite certain you are in a very unique position to help reform the obscene world of corruption that we we currently have in D.C., but I want to discuss some of your proposed and, and, and important reforms. But first, I think it's important to help listeners determine the extent to which you have or haven't really reformed. So if I could ask you to, to spell it out for me, Jack, uh, what do you feel? that your crimes were, and what do you feel was so wrong about them, not just legally, but also morally? Well, I I think that you point out a very important thing in the last part of that statement, that um, while I pled guilty to three uh, three things at the end of the day, uh, one, that I didn't inform my clients that some of the grassroots work that I was doing in their behalf with another company that I was sharing in the profits of the company that I was working with and had recommended to them. So I pled guilty to a fraud there. I pled guilty to diverting money uh, that was to come to me. I diverted it directly to some of the charities I supported. So that was a tax fraud. And I, I pled guilty uh, more on point perhaps to the um, uh, I guess one could call it conspiracy to bribery or uh, because bribery is so uh, so uh, tightly confined in U.S. law, ultimately, I guess, honest services fraud was a useful catch-all to providing an ongoing stream in the course of my lobbying of uh, goods and favors and whatnot to members of Congress and staff. And so those are the three things that I play guilty to. 
and where I went over the line. But but I have uh, come uh, through years, really, of self-analysis and, and taking an honest look at, you know, my past and the things I did, uh, many of which were great, but a lot of which were not great, and many and some of which were really not horrible uh, in, in the sense of uh, I, I wish I could undo them. Uh, I've come to the conclusion that, uh, unfortunately, 99% of what I did was legal uh, and a problem and, and a moral problem. And so when you, when you um, uh, correctly point your figure at the distinction between what is legal and illegal versus what is just right and wrong, you know, uh, things that shouldn't be happening. Unfortunately, it applies to a lot of what I was involved in and a lot of what still goes on today, uh, because unfortunately in Washington, those lines in the sand, which I crossed, by the way, I'm not saying I didn't, I did, and I'm ashamed of it, but those lines in the sand are drawn in a way that you can be quite contemptible and quite corrupt within the law. Well, what, that's, that is what, what's frankly has impelled me to uh, come back out and to get active to try to do something about that. Let's talk very quickly about a couple of those points, because I, kn- I know you're making efforts at uh, financial remuneration to your victims as ordered by the court, but uh, I'm wondering who was most hurt by what you did, and, and among the folks who comes to mind, uh, you know, guys like Tom Rogers, a Blackfeet tribal uh, member in Montana, he worked on exposing your double dealings, uh, including efforts, for example, to take out life insurance policies on tribal elders to help apply death benefits towards uh, paying off your own lobbying fees. Uh, what, well, was that uh, immoral? Let me, well, let me, you know, a lot of what happened there was kind of obfuscated in the in the process, including, frankly, by Tom, who was a lobbyist who came up against us and lost in a lobbying campaign. And while I'm, I readily admit the things I did do wrong, mm-hmm. I've not been able to quite bring myself to admit things that I didn't do that others, you know, conjectured that I did wrong. And in terms of the specific thing you mentioned, uh, in our effort to try to find a revenue source, ultimately, for one of the tribes that we didn't succeed for, uh, that was involved in a, in a particular lobbying uh, campaign, uh, my firm, I was involved in, a, I was a member of a very big law firm, approached me with an insurance product that they had created uh, that would be applicable to, um, actually, they, they crafted it on behalf of of uh, their Alaska Native Corporation clients and asked me if I would um, uh, offer it as I did to the tribes that I represented. And I offered it in a way uh, to be able to help them create not, not merely uh, money with which they could uh, pay some lobbying fees, which, by the way, was not my idea, was their desire uh, at that point, but instead to create a revenue stream until we could solve their casino problem, which, by the way, I never did because my career came apart. So I, I think it's, you know, there have been a score of uh, kind of uh, uh, almost bizarre accusations, one of which, by the way, you know, you know while we're talking about them, um, you know, because I sat quietly during this uh, scandal and didn't uh, respond, uh, I was even blamed by some of the newspapers in um, Louisiana, I'm told, uh, for Hurricane Katrina. That I that I had somehow intervened to take money out of the levies 
which is not accurate. Okay, well, let me let, let me just and I, and I'm only Jack, I'm only cutting you off because I know we have limited time here. But uh, sure, did sure. you did you in fact did your firm in fact uh, take out these life insurance policies on tribal no. elders? No, you did not. No, no we did not. No, okay. we did not. We offered the product. Okay. Which you know, I mean, I offered. I didn't under. I don't understand insurance products. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a uh, uh, somebody knowledgeable in those areas. But we offered the product uh, to them. Uh, as a way to gain some revenue, they didn't do it. Okay, and yeah. uh, do you feel it was a, a moral offer, sticking with that uh, idea of morality here? Was it a moral offer uh, to make in the first place? Yeah, because the product, the only reason I agreed to present it was the product was designed so that the longer um, the elders live, the more the tribe benefited. I would not have uh, been willing to be involved in something which sort of was hoping for the demise of any member of any tribe or anybody, by the way. Uh, but that was, as I understood it, what was offered, and that's why I, I conveyed it to them. Okay. It wasn't my idea. It was something I was trying desperately to find a revenue source for them. And at the end of the day, that's one of them. By the way, there are others as well. That's one of them. But, you know, okay. in, in the run-up to my scandal, uh, a lot of what I did sort of became sensationalized, and that's one of the examples. Well, and that, and that's why I'm happy to have you clear up what we can here. Let's uh, Sticking with this uh, theme of morality as we move through a couple of these things before we get to your uh, reforms, uh, I've seen a lot of your interviews uh, since being uh, released from uh, from prison. And by the way, I've been impressed that you're, you, you've been willing to talk to folks, to your credit, to folks from not just, you know, Fox News, but MSNBC, Russian television, uh, you know, Talking Points Memo, a blog that was very instrumental in helping to expose uh, a lot of the corruption you were involved with. Uh, there are uh, some items, though, that I, I haven't I haven't seen you speak to that I want to ask you about. One is what happened uh, very quickly, if possible, in the northern Mariana Islands, where you represented uh, them as a lobbyist in Congress to the tune of some $6.7 million, reportedly. They manufactured goods, so people know, with the Made in the USA label, but they were exempt uh, thanks to your lobbying and, and then Republican Majority Leader Tom DeLay and others. The efforts uh, that you guys made, they were exempt from U.S. labor and minimum wage laws. And federal reports have confirmed the sweatshop labor conditions down there, forced abortions, sex slavery in factories associated uh, with the Marianas. <laughs> Hang on a second, yeah. Jack. I'll let you respond. So do you have moral regrets uh, as a devout Orthodox Jew that I know you are about the conditions it seems you may have helped to enable in the Marianas through your work as a lobbyist, as their lobbyist? Well, let me let me try to unpack a rather pregnant uh, series of remarks here. Okay. To uh, try to deal with them. Number one, the uh, it, when the Marianas after World War II were put into a trust, uh, like the other territories in the Pacific, they were given as the others were a choice to either join the United States or become independent. Many became independent. They chose to join the U.S. When they joined in the seventies. They negotiated and received an exemption from federal minimum wage and federal uh, immigration mm -hmm. rules, not from any other part of the labor code, by the way, but just that they should be able to set their own minimum wage since they were in an Asian economy. And number two, they'd be able to control immigration who comes to the island and who doesn't because there was such a outpost. When uh, what I was hired to do, that was the agreement, and that was the status quo. Uh, under the Clinton administration, Republicans in the Congress and uh, the Clinton administration tried to remove 
those at the behest of the Unite Union, who was concerned that they built up a garment industry there. Mm-hmm. Um, as as they tried to build other industries, that was the one that took and succeeded. They uh, were on the way to passing legislation to remove the Marianas from uh, their control of minimum wage and immigration. That is when they hired me to protect that and to mm-hmm. preserve that, which I did. And I did so by, uh, there were all sorts of ac- accusations, uh, rife all over the place, uh, that there were these sensational things going on, sweatshops, uh, uh, abused workers, abortions, all the rest of the stuff. The solution we decided after visiting, by the way, the island, along with my partner, Lloyd Meads, who may he rest in peace, has passed away. Lloyd was a liberal Democratic member of Congress. Uh, before we took the representation in earnest, Lloyd and I went out to the island. He inspected all the factories in the entire island, basically, before we would take it. And he determined, and I didn't know anything about factories. Goodness, Brad, you know, I didn't grow up in factory environment, but he did. And he used to be a labor inspector, and he said they were some of the cleanest, safest factories around. So you you the, you found that uh, the, the charges, the sweatshop conditions, and so forth, uh, were not uh, did not pan out as far as your investigation uh, went. And, and what right, about charges right. of forced abortions, sex slavery? Well, yeah, that that those charges uh, started to develop once we had successfully stopped the legislation and the effort to move forward. All of a sudden, there was these charges. Ultimately, the Senate held a hearing, and they brought out to the hearing the pastor who administered to the workers, and the pastor lived with the workers and basically were there all the time, said that these were absolutely false charges, uh, that there was no case of, of, uh, of forced abortions. There were very few cases of abortion, by the way, because a lot of people don't realize this. The Marianas is the only place left in the United States that still has in their constitution a pro-life amendment. So they, they uh, look, I, didn't, I wasn't living with the workers, obviously. You know, I could only listen to what they had to say. There were workers who made charges. Uh, primarily, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. to extend their stay on the island, because once you made a charge, you got to stay for another couple of years and work on the island while they adjudicated your charge. So, ta- Jack, so, Jack, do this to this day. Do you reject the the charges that have been documented, uh, as I understand it, by federal investigators? I, I have never seen anything. I have never seen anything documented that wasn't political. Okay, and I I was there thirty times. Okay. And believe me, I, I, I bought, we bought 150 congressmen and staff there. We gave them cars, go all over the island, see what you got to see, and make your own determination. Political on whose behalf, Jack? I, I beg your pardon? You, you say that, that you never saw any charges that weren't well, political. Political on whose behalf? On, on behalf of the forces that were against them being Unite, being George Miller and the uh, House of Representatives, being the Clinton administration at that point, there were people who were dedicated politically against them. So these are de- yeah, these were. Tr- let me just say this in sum: if these charges were true, not only would I not have been lobbying for them, I would have been leading leading the effort against them. Okay. Uh, okay. I never saw evidence of it, and I felt that the accusations were a unfounded, unfair, and deter and determined to destroy their economy. By the way, which they did. Which they did. When I went down as a lobbyist, when they took me down, mm-hmm. almost immediately they passed the legislation. They destroyed the economy out there as we predicted they would. 
And then ultimately, interestingly, the Democrats in the House finally came back and said, you know, maybe we were wrong and you should get back control of your minimum wage. But, of course, it was too late. Okay. Anyway, so ja- on the Mariana stuff, I don't, I don't sit regretting it. I sit regretting only that these poor people wound up suffering. And, I, of course, I'd love to press you more on this, but I know I promise to let you go by the bottom of this hour here, uh, Jack Abramoff. I'm speaking with Jack Abramoff, of course, notorious uh, lobbyist, author of Capital Punishment, The Hard Truth About Washington Corruption from America's Most Notorious Lobbyist. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is the Bradcast on KPFK. Okay, one more question before we get to reforms, Jack. Uh, there were three private plane junkets that you... Uh, illegally offered and took with Congress members to St. Andrews, Scotland over the years 2001 and 2003 uh, to play golf out there. Two of the three congressmen uh, who were guests on those junkets uh, were uh, one, uh, former Republican Majority Leader Tom DeLay. He was forced to resign from Congress. He faces corruption charges currently in Texas. And Ohio Republican Congressman Bob, Bob Ney, who was the only congressman who actually went to jail for his dealings with you over the years. And then there was the once powerful congressman and friend of the Bushes, Florida Congressman Tom Feeney, who I've reported on a great deal at the Brad blog, largely in regard to allegations by a Republican computer programmer by the name of Clint Curtis, who alleges that Feeney asked him to write vote-flipping software prototypes prior to the 2000 election. And I'll, I'll point folks to bradblog.com slash Curtis. For more and the documentary film at uh, VotingLies.com. Now, Feeney was eventually voted out of Congress uh, in no small part because of his dealings with you once those came to light. But he never faced any charges. So to this day, he claims there was no quid pro quo for his trip with you to Scotland. Um, is it plausible that Tom Feeney did not know your lobbying firm was paying for the trip to Scotland as he's portrayed it? And why did you take Tom Feeney on a trip to play golf in St. Andrews, Scotland. Yeah, uh, thanks. I'm glad you asked about that. And in fact, I've seen the stuff on your blog about Feeney, um, um, you know, in terms of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Feeney, Feeney wound up, I mean, I, I have to say only poor Feeney because uh, he was not somebody we were particularly close to. He was not supposed to be on that trip. We had another member, uh, actually a senator, who was supposed to go on the trip who canceled within a week of the trip. And we were left having paid for the trip, and I told the folks, the lobbyists who worked for me, find me somebody who wants to go play golf in Scotland. Uh, it turned out Feeney had a trip to Europe already planned. Feeney, to my knowledge, paid for, and this is probably why he didn't get indicted or anything, he paid for his portion of the trip uh, in terms of his hotel and the golf stuff and, and the flight that he took. I think he only flew over with us and then took off from there on his own trip. And uh, he paid the amount we told him to pay. By the way, which Brad, we under uh, shot those numbers. We told them to pay a first-class ticket on a private plane. That was not correct. We should have had them pay for a full uh, full flight. Your firm did not pay for for his trip. Well, we paid for the airplane and undercharged everybody for the airplane. I see. Asking them for first-class tickets, but. Feeney, Feeney, as it turned out, uh, was a last-minute, uh, you know, you're going to Europe anyway, why don't you come and play golf with us? Uh, unfortunately, it wound up defeating the guy. Uh, but he was never a go-to guy for us. Uh, I like Feeney. I mean, I haven't seen him in years. But, uh, but he was not somebody who we relied on in our lobbying, uh, really at all. I and mean, he may have done something for us, but I can't even remember what it was. 
But as it turns out, unfortunately for Feeney, he wound up on the trip, you know, the trip from hell. And you never ask, and you never ask him for uh, anything in uh, specifically. I, I don't want to say that no, none of my forty lobbyists asked him or his office to do anything because that, you know, I just don't know. But he, in the investigation of Feeney, uh, I, I, as I recall, there wasn't really anything that it, more than any other member running around the hill that we really approached them for. Uh, it just turned out he wound up on this trip. Okay. With our replacement copper, and the poor guy wound up losing his seat over it. Okay. I, and and life is what it is. Uh, unfortunately, I got to move on because I've only got a, like three or four minutes left with you, Jack, and I've tried to get in as much as we can. And and I'd, I'll be much easier on you next time when I have more time. But uh, for the moment, uh, uh, sort of yes or no questions for the moment here. Do you feel that Bob Nay sure. was was appropriately charged uh, for his dealings with you? Well, Bob's biggest issue, uh, Brad, was that Bob took $50,000 in casino chips from some Iranian guy who wanted to sell airplanes to Iran. Uh, when they had him on that, they threw my stuff in as well, and Bob was certainly a, uh, a feaster at my restaurant and a big target of our lobbying, maybe one of the top guys. So there was definitely corruption there. But um, I think at the end of the day, his, the reason he wound up with his head in the news versus all the other members is because of that Iranian thing, which where he had took, uh, well, he I, fa- told, I wasn't involved in it. Well, he uh, faced, like, but he faced charges specifically uh, in, in taking uh, gifts and, and bribes from you specifically. Oh, I understand. Yeah. I understand. But, but I'm just telling you the main crux of his issue was this Iranian uh, Un- understood I understand yeah. no I understand what were so uh, do you feel that it was appropriate that he was charged for having taken those gifts from you yeah, yeah okay I think so, so I think it, with so, that in mind I, I, let, yeah. Jack I'm sorry uh, only because I want I, I know you got to go do yeah, another show no okay no I want to keep my promise to you uh, okay. if if he was appropriately charged you know at one time there was talk that maybe 10 20 congress members could be brought down I know you, you've, you've said you're interested in reforming the lobbying system. I believe you. But my question is, uh, isn't the best way that you can help reform this system by outing the people specifically and what they did, what gifts they took, folks like Bob Ney, who went to jail for these things, you know, after uh, uh, reform seems to happen after uh, big scandals, after Watergate, after the uh, Abramoff scandal. Uh, you know, if you revealed what you knew as a blogger, as folks at United Republic, I know would if they had that sort of information, if you reveal that information and it led to 10 or 20 people resigning or being charged in Congress, wouldn't that have a greater effect on reform than anything else, any of the uh, laws you're trying to, uh, to have changed to keep lobbyists? Brad, that's, a great, that's a great question. That is a great question. The answer, unfortunately, is when we go through these scandals, we don't have reform. There wasn't real reform after my scandal. They passed something called Hologa. And they, they basically move the, di- the chairs around the deck. What happens is the political class in Washington knows how to play this game, all right? They love it when somebody is the sort of human representation of the bad, evil lobbying system. And then that person gets taken down and destroyed, and their family's thrown into crisis, and they get thrown in prison, and everybody who is an odds at them. And then they pass something that is feckless, that is meaningless, that has no teeth, and they do it time and time again. So what I have said is 
first of all, I participated in 2,000 investigations. I told everything I know about everything. Have you told the people, Jack, have you told the people? Let me me finish. Let me finish. I wrote a book where I put out there anything that I thought wasn't already in the press that was actual problems. Because, again, I don't want to get involved in creating for somebody else's family what my family went through. I don't want to get involved personally. And this is, by the way, you, thank God, haven't been through what I've been through, going to prison and things like that. When you go to prison, you don't want to put anybody else in prison. But I did do my job. I did what I thought was my citizen's responsibility of being honest and coming forward. Now, having said all that, for me to engage in innuendo and say, well, you know, this guy, this, this guy, that, beyond what I've done, and I again, I put out there everything that is factual that I have, what I will do is I will create another wave, maybe, of some guys who get their heads kicked in. And you know what's going to happen at the end of it, Brad? Nothing. So what I've said to the reform groups is, listen, guys, you go through these spasms every few years, and there's the Jack Abramoff or the Randy Duke Cunningham, whoever it is, they go to prison. And guess what? We don't change these laws. So instead, what we need to do is not get diverted off of the changing the system. Let us focus like lasers on real change that's really going to screw the lobbyists and the inside powers and the special interests and the folks on the Hill who are taking advantage. And let's force this issue and not get diverted onto individual cases because the American people get all excited about it and they go away. We don't want them to go away. We've got to solve it so that in five years there are no more Jack Abramoff. I hear you, Jack. I hear you, Jack. That's where I've been. So, again, I've let, I put out there everything that I thought was credible, everything I could prove, everything that I could, you know, make a case. I spoke about 2,000 investigations. I I do want people, look, people need to be dealing with their issues. I'm not going to try to punish somebody. They've got to, they've got to, they're going to get punished if they did something wrong in this system. At least they deserve to. Whether they do or not, I'm not God. I can't make that happen. I did I did what I thought was honest, and, and now what I'm doing is focusing on actual change, on real changes, and creating a political plan to make sure that the 300 million others of us, other than the folks who sit in D.C., can do something about this. Because if we don't, we're going down the tubes. All of the systematic, systemic problems of our country derive from these little misfunctions and malfunctions in Washington. We've got to fix them. Uh, Jack Abramoff, I appreciate your thoughts here, and uh, I, I, I might like to have that point out with you, but I promised I'd let you go. So hopefully we can pick it up uh, in the future uh, in email or at bradblog.com or United sure. Republic, wherever you like. Jack, I, I really appreciate the time you're taking here, and I do appreciate the uh, the work you're doing towards uh, reform. Uh, let's keep the conversation going. Uh, Thanks, thank you, Jack Abramoff. I hope you can. I hope I can come back at some point. I hope you have me back. I'd love to continue the discussion. I will indeed. I'm going to take you up on that, Jack. You'll be sorry. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thanks, but take care. Talk All right. Indeed. That was my live interview with Jack Abramoff 
author of Capital Punishment, The Hard Truth About Washington Corruption from America's Most Notorious Lobby Lobbyist. And yes, I will hold him to that. We will have him back. I'm interested in your thoughts on Jack Abramoff. Uh, our interview there, was he, uh, was he being forthright? Do you trust him? Do you believe him? Is he really a reformed man? We're going to take a quick break and then come back with your thoughts and your calls at 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-5735. You can also tweet me at the Brad blog. This is KPFK. This is your Bradcast. Stay with us. Well, they say you are what you eat, and boys, at the truth. So, tune in Thursdays at 3 to Focus on Food, the program where we strive to understand and engage the issues around healthy, sustainable food. I'm Master Gardener Mark Rice. And I'm Master Gardener Carter Wallace. So, tune in Thursdays at 3 to Focus on Food, the program where we will showcase the many ways we are reclaiming our access to healthy food and vibrant communities. Forget your troubles. Welcome back to the Bradcast on KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman of bradblog.com. You were just listening to my uh, interview live there with uh, notorious lobbyist Jack Abramoff. I love your thoughts. Love to hear from you. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-5735. Uh, is he for real? I got to tell you, when I first started, um, when I first started hearing that uh, Jack Abramoff was coming out as a champion of reform, to say I was uh, dubious uh, is an understatement. Uh, but since I have seen him talk, uh, I think that um, well, I don't want to give away my thoughts uh, in full. I'd like to hear yours, um, but I think he means it. Whether he truly understands what he, the depth of what he did wrong, uh, whether he's uh, given up a lot of his uh, hard right-wing uh, partisan politics, I don't think that's the case. Um, but the question, you know, that comes to my mind and, and to a lot, uh, a lot of the minds of, of folks who I was talking to prior to this interview, when I was asking what would they like me to ask him about, you know, was, hey, we, we, you know, we don't really think Jack Abramoff is sorry. Uh, we think he's sorry that he got caught, that he's not really sorry for what he did. Um, I don't know if, if we have a better idea of that or not after my uh, conversation with him. I'm going to have to go back and, and, and listen to it. Of course, there was a lot of uh, questions, a lot of points that I wanted to discuss with him that we didn't have time to get to, unfortunately, um, because he did have another interview that he uh, had promised I'd let him go by the bottom of the hour. 
but I am interested in your thoughts. 818-985-5735. I can also uh, chat about, uh, give you some idea of some of the questions I didn't get to ask him about. Hey, Des, what, what did you think? Did you, uh, our producer, uh, Desi Doyen, what did you think in listening to uh, Jack Abramoff there? Is, is he for real or is he just sorry he got caught? Um, it's probably, you know, it's really hard to tell what goes on in somebody's, actually goes on in somebody's heart and in their mind. Uh, it seems that he seems genuinely uh, remorseful. It seems like he understands, but it's hard to really tell. No but, you know, that's what they say about him, that he was, a lot of folks have said that he's he's so smart, he's so brilliant, he's so likable, that uh, he verges, verges on uh, a sociopathic con man in the way that he's able to uh, get people to, you know, go along with him. That's how he made Millions and millions of dollars in, in D.C. That he also is, gave away, he says, to charity. To so, char- you know, it's says, hard to say that, you know, maybe being in prison was the, uh, the the wake-up call that he needed to help him see that. He certainly is not shying away from talking about what he's done. And it seems and like you know, he treats this as something like penance of a sort. I, I don't know. And that is certainly to his credit. I mean, the fact that he doesn't have to talk to guys like me. He doesn't have to go on hundreds and hundreds of interviews as he has uh, since leaving jail. Yes, I suppose it helps to sell books, uh, and he does have a $44 million restitution debt to pay off. Um, but, you know, he, he doesn't have to talk to me um, and uh, other independent journalists, but he has. And, uh, you know, so I, I do give him credit. Let's get your thoughts. 818-985-5735. Oh, and a little bit, uh, Desi will be coming back to us in a bit uh, for for the Green News Report as well in a bit. Let me get to uh, Andrew in Los Angeles. Hey, Andrew, welcome to KPFK. Yo, Brad. Uh, great work. We love you here. Hey, uh, people like Jack Abramoff, uh, I wouldn't trust him as far as I can toss him, but we'll give him the opportunity that he has reformed, okay? Uh, I, I, you broke up there a little bit, but I think you said, we'll, but we'll give him the opportunity to prove himself first? Yeah, okay. yeah, but I, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust him as far as I can toss him. People like Jack gave him off. I, I think that, uh, yeah. We'll give him the opportunity to prove that he has reformed himself. I, I think we should give him the opportunity. Yeah, Andrew, yeah, go ahead. Two quick comments. Number one, um, I'm wondering if the people of the Mariana Islands, if that's what they're called, mm-hmm. if they participated in, in, in that decision to, you know, become whatever, to, mm-hmm. uh, to become part of the U.S. or whatever, or if they're, they're dictators or whoever are in charge, made that decision for them. And, and secondly, a comment, I appreciate you, you referring to Congress people in general and use the word Congress people and not congressmen. That's the best way of referring to it. I think that goes a long way to I think that goes a long way to bringing uh, balance in the world, so I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate your thoughts, Andrew. Thanks a bunch. Uh, 818-985-5735. 818-985-5735. Let's go to uh, Matt in Topanga. Uh, hey, Matt, what do you think? You buying it? You buying uh, what uh, what Jack Abramoff is selling? Well, you know, I mean, it, it, it's there's a good sheen on that uh Dookie, but I don't know. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps I, I, I would like to give them the benefit of the doubt for a little bit. I, I don't know. Um, I, at least what I'm encouraged is that he's not continuing the same hubris, denial, and arrogance that so many just seem to carry on after quote unquote paying their debt. And I hope that it will 
put the chill in the spine that those that want to be Casino Jack too and, and make it a better day for you and I. Uh, I I hear you. Yeah, I mean he you know if you take a look at his his old uh, his his pal Ralph Reed, uh, who he was. Um, in the in the college Republicans with back in the 80s. And, uh, I mean, you know, part of the scam that Jack Abramoff was pulling off was he was representing uh, th- these Indian tribes who, who wanted to uh, who wanted to get gaming uh, in into a particular area. Then he would represent other tribes who were against it. And uh, in order to uh, mobilize the forces against gambling, he would go to his pal Ralph Reed, pay him a few million bucks and mobilize the evangelicals, telling them that, you you know, uh, gambling is going to, uh, you know, be trouble in River City uh, and, and basically playing off both sides. And uh, this tarnished Ralph Reed. But if you notice, Ralph Reed is back. He's out doing politics. He's out hanging with the Tea Party. Everything's fine. That didn't uh, so far, at least. Uh, we haven't seen that from Jack Abramoff. So I have to give him credit uh, for trying to reform the system rather than just going right back into it. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I appreciate your call. Let me go to uh, Marissa in West Hollywood. Hey, Marissa, welcome to the broadcast on KPFK. Thanks, Brad. Uh, this is the first time that I listen to your show because mm-hmm. I usually work during the day. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, I think it's shameful you have this guy on the air on KPFK of all places. Why is that? He's a sociopath. I think he's a scumbag, and he has no place on KPFK Airways. I'm sorry. I think this guy has no conscience. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you would make a big deal about him paying $44 million in restitution. That's chump change compared to how much he's ripped people off uh-huh. and caused real suffering. So I, I'm sorry. I've got to give you a demerit on your show because I think this kind of guy... Is not he's not rehabilitatable, mm-hmm. and I think he's just he's just uh, jerking us around. And That's- and if I came on KPFK and talked about how he he's uh, uh, jerking us around and how he's pawn scum and he's a terrible guy, would I get credit for that? Well, you know what what is this uh, a competition to the bottom to see what kind of bottom feeders are going to have? Why don't you get one of those uh, those guys from Wall Street? You know. This guy, okay. I'm sorry, there's just nothing to say about this. Thing. All right, fair, fair enough, Marissa. The only reason I asked you that question is because uh, you were able to come on here and uh, say that he's a terrible guy. He doesn't deserve any uh, airwaves. He doesn't deserve to be heard over our public airwaves, and uh, I don't have a, a position on that. My only position is you were able to come on the air and say so, and I think that's what our public airwaves are for even or perhaps especially right here on KPFK. Uh, let me go to Greg in North Hollywood. Hey, Greg, welcome to the broadcast. How you doing, Ben? I'm okay. Uh, I just I, I think that guys like uh, guys like Casino Jack and the senators and congressmen and whoever he has dealings with completely undermine our entire system and are you know traitors to this country. You don't buy, so you don't buy his his turnaround. He served time. Uh, you don't believe in the idea of of uh, of, of redemption. Uh, you know he, he's helped out not only served time but also uh, helped out federal prosecutors in all of these other cases. Uh, we 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 don't give him credit for that. So don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, the idea of turning over a new leaf sounds really romantic, but in the end of the day, I mean, this guy what forty four million in retribution, and I'm sure that's only a fraction of what he's actually accountable for. So when it comes down to it, that's damage that he hasn't done to Capitol Hill or he hasn't done to his family or whoever's family or even the people of whatever. It's the American people who suffer from all of that. And 
in the end of it, I mean, I think he and whoever he's ever shook hands with up on Capitol Hill should probably be hung in the streets. Okay. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate your call. 818-985-5735. Let me see if I can get to uh, another quick call or two here before we're going to uh, change gears a little bit and go to Desi Doyen and the Green News Report. Uh, Lee in Temecula. Hey, Lee, welcome to the broadcast. Before you say a word, I have to say that the word that uh, our screener has written on the screen, you can't say on the air. But other than that, tell me what you think about uh, that discussion with Jack Abramoff. All right. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Well, I worked for one of the tribes that Abramoff ripped off. Mm-hmm. And it, he's just um, on a major ego trip. He hasn't changed. Uh, he's still just an ego egomaniac uh, until he pays back every last penny that he stole from tribes. I don't believe a word he says. And do you think that it helps, Lee? Do you think uh, you heard the other caller who was upset that I even had him on the air? Do you think it helps to have guys like that on air to try to hold their feet to the fire? Absolutely t- not. All you do is allow them to just move on. So he, so he now he's figured out a way to market his so-called enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And he's he's still just a con. Okay. Absolutely not. All you do is 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 continue, allow him to continue with his with his charade. Okay. I appreciate your thoughts, Lee. Thanks for uh, for calling in. Uh, let me get. Do I have uh, time for another? Uh, I'll do, let me do one more call here, and then we'll go over to the green news, Des. So uh, stand by, Desi Doyen. And where are we here? Let's go to. Uh, who is that on line one? Uh, welcome to get, I, I didn't get the name there. Pat, there we go. Pat, uh, do I have Pat? Let me try that again. There we go. Pat, uh, welcome to KPFK. Welcome to the broadcast. What's on your mind? Pat, what do you think? I would just like to say that if he's reformed or not, it's great that you had him on the air just so you could just see what he had to say. Uh, you know, I, I tend to agree with you. I think more conversation is better, and I think, uh, you know, if, if bad guys live in the shadows, if he is indeed a bad guy, um, I'd rather have him out here out here in the sunshine, frankly. Yes, so I think it's really good that you have people like this on the air just so you get to see what they have to say. He may not have changed at all, but... You get to hear what he has to say. All right. I appreciate the call, Pat, and uh, I tend to agree with you. Let's. Uh, oh, do we have time for one more call? Okay, one more, t- one more call here, and then De- Desi, come on in. Uh, let's go to um, Mike in West Hollywood. Welcome to the broadcast on KPFK, Mike. Hi, hi. Uh, I missed the interview, but I have two questions. Oh, it was great then. You should have heard it, Mike. It was awesome. I bet, I bet. I've you seen him comments on the show. That's the second point I'd bring up. Did you get at all get involved um, in discussions of, uh, I'm not sure we call the so-called charities, the money he funneled to these schools in Israel? Mm-hmm. Did that come, are you familiar with it? I, 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 well, I'm familiar with the fact that he, he funneled a lot of his money uh, into schools, not just in Israel, but uh, uh, back here. He's a devout, uh, uh, about right, right, right. Jew. Right. Um, time short. These schools were specifically uh, to kind of categorize without being specific I don't have the all facts, but there are schools where kids are learned essentially and and training martial arts and and sharpshooters. They become essentially SWAT team members, essentially to fight Palestinians when there's problems with settlements and stuff. I mean, you can delve into it. It's deeper. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, that uh, that be a for instance. Like, do you still support that because that's terribly wrong. That's one example where you call his charities. 
The second point I want to make is that you delve into any of the money he may have put away, whether it came into the Swiss bank account. And you're going to have to actually. We didn't go into the money that he might have put away, uh, and you're going to have to. You're going to have to uh, check the KPFK.org archives later. I'll also have the interview up at bradblog.com tonight. But i got to get to the green news, Mike. I appreciate the call, brother, but i got to get to the green news. Uh, just to close out this uh, segment, uh, Myla Rayson says uh, on the Twitter, she sends to me at the Bradblog on Twitter, that uh, in response to the woman outrage that she had Abramoff on KPFK, yawn, she says, you should, uh, she should credit your listeners with some intelligence. Victor Rocco also says on the Twitters, I think it's good to talk about what he did to understand our corrupt system. Uh, I agree. And, uh, yeah. And frankly, I wish we had had more time to get into what we could do about that corrupt system. One of the things, by the way, uh, Abramoff has called for is no more uh, government uh, workers, government officials cannot become lobbyists for 10 years after leaving Congress. As far as Jack Abramoff is concerned, sounds like a good idea to me. Uh, and also he wants to limit uh, to $100 what lobbyists can give uh, politicians. That said, he's also supportive of Citizens United, which uh, I don't know how we square that circle. But it's a circle we're going to have to return to another time, unfortunately, or fortunately, because now Desi Doyen is here. All right. Hey, Des. Hey, how's it going? You got some green news for us today? Yeah, we got a little bit. Right. Some a- stuff. Anything important? Oh, you know, this and that. You and your environmental this and that, your hoaxes, your your global warming uh, silliness. You know it's all a hoax. <laughs> well, apparently, if you ask Republicans. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's get to the green news, and uh, we'll see if we have a few more minutes uh, afterwards with Desi Doyen. Uh, my co-host on the Green News Report, heard on fine progressive radio stations across this great land of ours. You watch it, the corn roll up in the middle of the day and the beans kind of slowly grow and, and now it's kind of all for naught. It's official. Widespread U.S. drought is now a natural disaster. Massive anti-nuclear protests in Japan. This accident was a result of multiple mistakes and missteps by Enbridge. The Kalamazoo River oil spill, entirely preventable. Plus, Shell Oil's excellent adventure in the Arctic gets off to a rocky start. All of that and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and... Snarky comment. You're surely not suggesting that the, the, the idea and the concept behind Solyndra and other green energies like Solyndra is comparable to the Soviet Union in Cuba, right? Well, no, I, I am suggesting that. And I'm suggesting that you, Senator Ron Johnson, are an embarrassment to the people of Wisconsin and to the people of these United States. Well done, sir. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desiree, so desperate, it seems, are these Republicans that guys like Senator Ron Johnson are now comparing Solyndra to 
the Soviet Union? Yes, I really? think they'll try whatever they can get away with, even though Mother Nature is slapping them in the face. I'd like to slap them in the face. Anyway, what do you have for us today, Des? Midwest farmers are facing crop failure. It's official. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has declared the persistent drought gripping the Midwest as a natural disaster to free up federal funds for farmers. You know who else would free up federal funds for farmers? Who? The Soviet Union. <laughs> it's the largest natural disaster designation by area in U.S. history, covering 26 states. We're now in one of the 10 driest years on record. Remember, this time last year, the Midwest was inundated with record flooding from the Mississippi and Missouri rivers. Clean air is a public good. That's the decision of a Texas district court judge who ruled that the atmosphere and clean air is a public trust that must be protected by the government for the public good. The judge rejected legal arguments by the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality that only water falls under the public trust doctrine as a resource that the government must protect. Really? Yes, the state commission is suing the Environmental Protection Agency to stop EPA enforcement of pollution and greenhouse gas regulations over the oil and gas industry. Nationwide Insurance has announced it will no longer cover any homeowner damages from fracking, the controversial natural gas drilling technique. They call the risk, quote, too dangerous to ignore. Protests in Japan on one of the hottest days of the year. At least 100,000 Japanese protesters took to the streets of Tokyo to protest the Japanese government's decision to restart a second nuclear power plant. The plants leave too much behind. Things that can't be properly and completely controlled by humans shouldn't be used. All of Japan's nuclear facilities were shut down in the wake of the March 2011 Fukushima nuclear disaster. An independent commission appointed by Japan's parliament recently concluded that the disaster was man-made and preventable, a result of, quote, collusion between government regulators and TEPCO, the plant's operator, saying they sacrificed safety to maximize profits. The National Transportation and Safety Board came to a similar conclusion over the Kalamazoo River pipeline spill in 2010. In the nation's largest onshore oil spill, cleanup has taken over two years and nearly a billion dollars. The NTSB says the disaster was entirely preventable and blames Enbridge, the pipeline owner, for mismanagement, noting among many revelations that Enbridge knew of cracks in the pipeline years ago but chose not to repair them, and Enbridge was unprepared to respond to a spill cutting safety to maximize profits. That was the largest on-land spill in the history of the United States? Yes. And it's been going on for the last two years? Well, the cleanup has taken two years. And yet we've heard almost nothing about it on the news. That's right. Well done, mainstream media. And this is the same type of heavy tar sands oil that they want to run through the Keystone Pipeline, correct? That's correct. What could possibly go wrong? Finally, speaking of what could possibly go wrong, Shell Oil's excellent new adventure in offshore drilling in the Arctic is already off to a bad start. On Monday, Shell's drilling rig ship lost its moorings in an Alaskan harbor and began drifting out of control towards shore. The 500-foot rig was brought under control, Shell officials say, before the rig ran aground. This is the drilling that the U.S. Coast Guard was against, saying that it did not have the resources and facilities to respond if there was a disaster, right? That's correct. What could possibly go wrong? It's just like the Soviet Union. For more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com.
Remember, you can download our reports anytime via iTunes, listen to us on your mobile device via Stitcher Radio, and follow us 24-7 on the Twitters at Green News Report. From Bradblog.com, deep in the heart of the Soviet Union, I'm Brad Friedman. <laughs> and I'm Desi Doyle. And this has been your Green News Report, comrade. Back in the USSR, indeed. Uh, back on the broadcast here on KPFK. Uh, Des, so uh, a couple, before we got to get out of here, a couple of points you're working on for tomorrow's Green News Report. They've now expanded this drought warning? Yes, the uh, natural disaster that has been declared by the USDA uh, regarding the drought across the UN, United States. It's gone from 56% of the country now to 61% of the country, and they've included three more states. So it's now 29 states instead of just 26 states. It's a pretty big hoax, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's a huge hoax. Well, you know, hey, <laughs> how, what are you going to do? How did they pull that off? Also, uh, news on, uh, uh, on BPA? Yes, the, the FDA has uh, put down a decision to ban BPA. That's a uh, a plastics additive that mimics estrogen. It's uh, been banned in other countries in baby bottles and other children's products in Europe and Canada. Finally, the FDA, after years of trying from environmental groups, is going to ban it. But, of course, they waited until after all of the American manufacturers stopped using it in baby bottles and sippy cups. They're only going to ban it in baby bottles? Now that it's done. No, no, just 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 baby baby stuff. And finally, there's also tomorrow we'll be talking about a major court of appeals decision that came down uh, this uh, today, actually, this morning, that upholds the EPA endangerment finding on greenhouse gas emissions. That was a suit brought by the American Petroleum Institute. They lost. EPA, FDA, and BPA all on tomorrow's Green News Report, which you can find at at greennews.bradblog.com. Uh, thank you, Desi Doyen. That thank was a, you. That was a fun show today, wasn't it? Yeah. No, Jack Abramoff. And he promised he was coming back. Did you hear that part? Yes, he I did. He said he would come back. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, you're, you're dubious? <laughs> I'm going to hold him to it. Uh, if you missed any portion of the show, we'll have it uh, for you later tonight at kpfk.org and, of course, bradblog.com. My thanks to Desi Doyen, our producer, Margot Paez, our super-duper associate producer. Darren Ford was our sound operator today. Please stay tuned for John Wiener in the 4 o'clock report. He will have Sarah Vowell of This American Life on uh, oh on the Americanization of Hawaii. Wonder if anybody told uh, Barack Obama, because you know it's not really America; it's Hawaii or something like that. Anyway, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, same Brad time, same Brad channel. You can find me on the Twitters at the Brad Blog, and of course, until next week at BradBlog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. Good night, America.